Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Second Corinthians chapter 6 contains three lists, and each of those lists have a number of items. And we are studying them. We've already worked our way through the first list of nine items, which I will mention again in just a moment, and we are now working on the second list of nine items. And the first list had to do with the things that we need to do to be to be effective as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they they basically had to do with overcoming the obstacles and the trials, the difficulties, the the sufferings, the sacrifices that every Christian is called upon to to endure for the sake of Christ. We need to recognize that these things are not abnormal; they're normal for the Christian. They are not. They should not be unwelcome. They ought to be welcome, though I can't say that any of us string banners across <laughs> across our 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 porch and and uh, hire a band and and um, tell it say, "Come on in, troubles. Come on in." We don't do that. We're not looking for them in that way. But nevertheless, we should welcome them because we know that God has good and gracious purposes in them. So the first list has to do with overcoming these trials. It has to do with understanding the trials that we are called upon to face as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in understanding them, then we will hopefully look to Christ for the strength we need to overcome them. So where are those? Well, back to chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. In much patience, and tribulations, and needs, and distresses, and stripes, and imprisonments, and tumults, and labors, and sleeplessness, and fastings. Remember that list? We've already been over it, but that's the first list. Nine items that we need to be prepared for and not be surprised when these things come into our lives. It's not, oh, what did I do wrong that this, this came into my life? Oh, why did God let this happen to me when I'm trying to serve him? These are the things that Paul endured as a faithful, fervent, fruitful, zealous, committed, spirit-filled servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore we should expect no less. But that's list number one. Now we've got to move on to list number two. I pause to welcome you to this Tuesday, January 31 edition of the Beacon Broadcast. Thanks for tuning in. 
Thanks for helping us. We need your help in order to continue teaching on this station. Well, the second list is also nine items, and it is a list of spiritual graces that are required to maintain effective Christian service. The first one's a list of obstacles that must be overcome. The second one is a list of graces to help us overcome them. Now, someone may say, how do you know this is a separate list? What, these, these all just kind of run together from verse to verse to verse to verse. How have you determined to, to divide them into separate lists? Well, the grammar, as well as the subject matter, I think di- dictates that. I think you can see that if I point it out to you. Going back to the list that begins in verse 4. In tribulations, in needs, and distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings. I tried to read that in three groups of three so that you would get a sense of the nine items there. But then as we move into verse 6, the language changes slightly by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, and so forth. So you, you get an idea here that we have moved into something different. The first list, the problems, in tribulation, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, and so forth. The second list, the graces that are necessary to overcome the obstacles of life, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering. You get the difference? It's, it's clear by the, the change in the participle that is used. Uh, not the participle, the, um, <laughs> the figure, the, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the preposition is what I mean to say. The preposition that is used by in the first list, or rather in in the first list, and by, in the second list, that's, that's significant. And then when you look at the subject matter, that you look at the actual words that are used there, you realize that it's, it's a different kind of list. But yes, it's true. They all run together. just starts in verse 4 and bang, 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 bang. Nine things. And then you move from verse 4 and verse 5, and then you move into 6, and here we go again. Bang, 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 bang. It's a... It's a compact section. Sometimes you can look at several verses, and though there's always value in looking at every word in the verse, some verses, they're just a couple of main points that you need to pull out of those verses. But in this case, you've got to look at every word carefully to understand what Paul is talking about. It's very compact. It's very concise. But it's very important that we understand this. So what do we need? Back to the main theme here. What do we need to be effective servants of the Lord Jesus Christ? Number one, the one we mentioned on the broadcast yesterday, and that's as far as we got, we need purity. By purity. We address our service for the Lord Jesus Christ out of a life of purity, out of a mind of purity, And because that's continually under assault, we've got to to be on guard, and more than on guard, we've got to be engaged in the battle for the mind to wrestle against impurity, 
and to eliminate those those areas of life where the temptations are are there for us to fall into impurity because we will not be effective servants of the Lord Jesus Christ if we are leading impure lives. And I said it before, and I need to say it again. We don't have to go looking for impure things, lascivious things in this world. They come looking for us. They come tackling us. Things have changed. I'm I'm sure that there have always been licentious societies where immorality just jumped out to tackle you. I think Corinth was a city like that, that Paul is addressing this to. It was everywhere. The pagan religion, the, 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 the temples that were constructed in Corinth were filled with immorality. That was, that was built into the religious system. The whole idea of of um, joining with with temple prostitutes was part of how they carried out their pagan worship. Can you imagine that? Yes, you can, but it's it's difficult to imagine because we at least understand we who understand anything about Christianity, we understand that God requires purity. God demands purity. God condemns impurity. We can't imagine that any religion could be constructed basically to embellish impurity, to to multiply impurity, to draw people into impurity deliberately. We recognize that in Christianity there are many times impure things going on that ought not to be there, but that's the point. We know they ought not to be there. They may be there in certain cases. They may be fostered and hidden. We are saddened by the numbers and numbers and numbers of examples into the hundreds, really, across the spectrum of people engaged in leading some some segment of Christianity have been involved in immorality. The terrible examples, the terrible um, happenings among, among um, priests who have been guilty of molesting hundreds of children, many times homosexual-type contacts with boys, but in, in, not in every case. In some cases, also doing it with girls. And and uh, this going on, and, and we have learned that some of this has been known by officials higher up in the church, and they have, if not encouraged it, they have, they have dealt with it so lightly that it has been pretty much winked at. If a priest gets caught doing these things, many times he's just um, moved from one parish to another one. Just just move him out of this town and we'll, we'll let him start all over in another town, knowing full well what he has done. But not just among priests. We see it over and over again among <clears throat> clergymen and all kinds of denominations and walks of life and all 
stripes of Christianity, many, many, many of them in evangelical churches. And we blush with shame that these things would be true, but we know they are true. It is a travesty, but that's the point. It is known to be wrong. It is known to be sinful. We know that. It ought not to be. But in Corinth, it was just the opposite. This was encouraged. This was expected. This was a a publicized, highly publicized part of their religious worship, their ceremonies, their, the way the way the people were taught to worship God. It was it's it's hard for us to comprehend that, but that's exactly the case. So, living in a society like that, Paul writing to the Corinthians, he says, "If you're going to be good servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, number one, you have got." to live a life of purity. You have got to fight for purity. You have got to maintain purity. You have got to do whatever it takes to to be pure and to remain pure, writing to people who are saved out of paganism and who, therefore, in many cases, have lived many years in the most um, uninhibited forms of sexual immorality, but all that's changed when they came to Christ. And they know that. They know it's changed. They know the old life is, is gone. It's, it's now a new life. That sort of activity is forbidden. They understand that. They agree with that. They acknowledge that. But they've got to fight for it. You've got, it does tackle you in a city like that. You can't walk through the streets of Corinth without being accosted by someone who's trying to entice you into morality. And that's pretty much the way it has become in America today, not by walking through the streets, but by getting on the computer screen. And, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. You've got to fight. You've got to fight for purity if you're going to be able to serve the Lord Jesus Christ with effectiveness. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.